but yeah, I figured since we've uh, we've been having these conversations anyway, we might as well start to, to document them a little bit and see yeah. what we can pull out of it, because I know you need stuff for your podcast. Hell yeah, bro. Dave's not not on anything official yet, but nah, I know down the road he's got it in the in the pipeline, and why not just document this stuff, right? Hey, man, whenever you unite two, one or two people together, man, magic is supposed to happen. How uh, how has your experience been so far with your like the stuff you're putting out there on social? Um, you know, it's surprising because the person who you least expected is listening, which is crazy, right? You would expect you know support from your family members, maybe a couple cousins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But nah, man, it's that one guy you know in the background that never like comments, never hits a like. You know what I'm saying? That he's the one like eventually that reaches out to you like hey listen man i've been listening to some of your your content like yo like shout out to you and it's just surprising you know like sometimes i'll come here and somebody will say oh hey joel you know the whole podcast thing that you're doing i think is really great i was like what you listen to my joy like mm. yeah you, know, no, you I never just... expect and that's you know that's i guess that's the beauty of just like putting your content out there mm. you never know who's gonna for sure, and I think like it. having done a little bit of this now, and you're doing it too. You, we think that oh, because we're doing it, like everybody's doing it. Like there's really compared to how many people are, there are out there that could possibly be listening. Right. Not that many people are putting stuff out there. Right, you know? exactly. It's like a small percentage in reality. We just see it. We see it a lot more. Yeah, we're looking for it. But not only that, but we're also using the social media. Is that you know, I mean, social media is all about that. You know, mm-hmm. content. Like, are you either the person who's following or are you the person who's pr- providing the content? How do you guys feel about, like, there's a lot of back and forth on social media is good, social media is bad. How have you, what's your relationship with it? Like, how do you, do you use it in a useful way? Do you feel like it's ever getting in the way? You know, of- so I actually, the current social media that I currently have, uh, that's a brand new one. I used to have social media before. Uh, I, I can't remember, like, the following count or anything like that, but um, I deleted it because I was like, just had like an epiphany. So you wore, you wiped all your personal stuff. All of like? them, like all of my Facebook content, um, all of my Instagram. I just deleted everything, right? I I kept uh, Twitter, but I never use it. And then you, I kept LinkedIn because you know that's money right there. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I did when I did my first podcast, right? I just um, my boy was like, yo. Now you don't have a social media. So how are you going to promote your joy? Like, who, who's going to listen to you? And he was like, you need social media for you to create content. Like, if you're going to start a podcast, what are you going to do? Just put it into Anchor and just leave it there? Like, yeah, you got to cross-promote some way. Hope that, you know what I'm saying, that somebody would ever get to you. Now you have to promote yourself. And so he was, he was showing me this example. He was like, look... Uh, you know, the, there's certain people that would use Instagram to either promote a, like a social welfare or a social like, what, what, how can I say it? Like something beneficial to society, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Or um, they're selling something. That's mm. it. You know what I'm saying? They're And advertisers, they pay those people and that's how they make their money. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I've gotten... I found social media much more beneficial to me by following like more more about following people and ideas that I wouldn't be exposed to otherwise than like checking in on every little thing that people you know my friends and family are doing right which there's a place for both I think but mm-hmm. like it could be I think people get caught up in the trap like 
using it in negative ways. It's not like the social media that's the bad thing. It's just how you're using it, in my opinion, right? Mm. Yeah. I agree. Because yeah. think about how many people have you guys found that you would have never, in ideas or books or recommendations on certain things that you never would have seen if it wasn't for you know, right. social, the internet as a whole, right? For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think for the first time we live in an era where you can see what average people are thinking, you know, not just, you know, what they say. You know, because people write things on social media like it's their diary, you mm-hmm. know. So now it's like, to me, social media is like an easier way to just get the community, but you can see more of what people think, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have lots of people who, uh, on Facebook, I know who's there. So I know, like, the community I'm walking into yeah. when I go on Facebook versus, you know, Instagram. You know, you got a certain... Separate worlds, kind of. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's... I feel like it's all about... You know, who you follow, how you set yourself up, and, you know, what the most use of that platform yeah. is. Because, like, with Twitter, you get more people who are, you know, some at least some intellectuals there. I feel like Facebook's more like, you know, older people or people just kind of talking nonsense right. sometimes. Yeah. But Yeah, it's all about tuning your feed, I guess, and not just blindly following things that might not be beneficial to you, right? Right. You know, I, I just came out of... Um, a real estate class that I had to take like as a as a new as a person who as a new agent everybody's man has to take this class mandatory right um and everybody was just talking about Facebook 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 that's how like everything is done now you know what I'm saying but now I'm like damn so now I gotta create a Facebook again <laughs> you know what I'm saying like a lot of people using Facebook for real estate which mm-hmm. is interesting yeah I got some some good uh, wholesaling accounts that yeah. I follow. Got to get a lot of good content from there. Which for is sure. ins- you know, the, the Facebook changed the game, man, with the groups and their marketplace. For sure. And I think, like, we were on it when we were we were early. Like, we were early users of Facebook, right? Yeah. Guys, we were, like, that prime age that was ado- early adopters. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like everyone's family and parents and older, you know, an older generation is on it. So It's almost I've, a normal thing. Yeah, though. it's almost a normal thing. And I've, like, lo- even lost touch with a lot of features that people they're not like so popular to me but people use them every day right mm-hmm. so I've been trying to get like back in tune a little more with would trying to have the you know start the business and build out services related to social media so I should probably uh, even though Facebook might not be personally as big anymore it's still huge for like a lot of business transactions yeah social media mm-hmm. social media is a, is a is a big thing and it's a time waster too again like if, if you if you use it that way right I mean why else are you using social media? To, to find interesting Well, it depends, ideas. man. If, if I tell you this. When I was in L.A., I had a pretty good-sized community of people I reach. You know, different groups, places where I could hold, hold certain conversations. It was mm. kind of easy to find people who could teach me something or who were looking for something that I could talk to them about. But, you know, coming here, it's a lot harder to find that. Mm. But having social media still gives me access to that you know so i appreciate that it kind of makes me feel like i'm still in the loop you know even though it's all about being connected yeah Yeah. it's interesting so if all right so if you're gonna say how how are you using social media other than the time wasted why are you putting out your educational stuff on there like you you think that's you think that's a waste of time for somebody to watch you know that's very interesting (laughs) well because it's like it's it's one of those it's really a numbers game, right? So do I want to impact somebody's life? Yes. So therefore, what the content that I'm providing, I'm sure that somehow would impact somebody's life. 
right? I'm only a speck, a little tiny speck in this massive environment, which is called social media, Instagram. Okay. I mean, how many followers are on Instagram now? Yeah, it's getting more, like, like, so more, many, more How many people? More and more saturated. Instagram? And how many people, like, uh, like how, like, my content is probably just shared amongst, you know, how many people are following me. You know what I'm saying? And if I put it into the, the for example, the platforms like the IG, um, TV, that's different. You know, but it's like, I use social media. The reason why I use social media is to make a hole in it like i see this huge web right i want my piece i want my piece of it mm -hmm. basically how much how much time and effort do you actually put into it like you got a million things going on so are you actually is it a major priority of you to build out the jre stuff right now or are you nah, just, man it's just it's like just kind it, of like what it's, we're doing it's a, i see it as a snowball effect yeah. basically so it's like the whole the whole thing is all about starting Right. Once you start, once you get that gear grinding, gear grinding, just keep grinding and grinding. And so it's like, I understand that after five years, you know, of you doing something, you're going to become a master at. Right. So then I look at myself in five years. What do I want for myself? Right. I want to be, you know, I want to make sure that I impact as many people as possible. So might as well start now. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. And I agree. I was telling him a little bit how. It's, it's easy to fall in the trap. Like, I got to have this perfectly planned. Yeah. When nobody's listening to you anyway. So why not just start, right? Right, exactly. And so, you know, actually having this space, the incubator, you know, to be able to be alone here and actually, you know, do your own content, like, it's it's helped a lot, too. Because um, first it provides the space, provides the tools, like the tripod. You know, I got to go out and buy a tripod, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the lighting is perfect. I could use the whiteboards here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, it's such a perfect environment. And so I had to get over, also over the fear of like being in, on, in front of camera. Like that was, you know, something like, I, you know, some of the videos that you see, it would be like a third, fifth, sixth take on it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. I, I would like, I would start and then I'll be like, nah, that was whack. And I'm already 20 minutes into it. So not start all over again, you know, because I'm such a like yeah. perfectionist. Like I I know what I want to say, you know what I'm saying. So it has to come out exactly yeah. as like I envision it. So it takes some time. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does. And I think how many times you have a perfect thought that you just can't articulate. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> but I think in practice, I, I'm a firm believer in just recording this kind of stuff and having these interactions it makes you a better speaker in general. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you get over that fear of being on camera, putting yourself out there, like, ever, you're so much more critical of yourself than anybody else is, right? Exactly. You think that people hear how many times you listen to yourself, and you think, I keep saying this over and over again, but <laughs> if it was somebody else, you probably wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah. So. You'd and, probably be like, that's just how they speak. Right. You know and, what I'm saying? And I think as time goes on, and I've listened to a lot of people talk about this, Gary Vee is a big, you know, he's a big proponent of the saying, everything we do is going to be out there. Yeah. So you might as well get used to it, and start to craft you know the the personality and the brand you want because over time it's that's what's going to be more and more meaningful right exactly everything's becoming commoditized in a certain way technology and ai and things like that are going to make trivial tasks very routine so mm -hmm. how do you stand out in that new world right right and so like what does that new world looks like you know what i'm saying like for for us like what in five years where do you see yourself 
Yeah. You know, like, can your job be, like, taken by an AI? Yeah, and like when somebody goes to search for you, you guys are into real estate and stuff like stuff like that, and selling services. How are people going to differentiate between services when they could type in, they could say one word into their iPhone and ten results pop up? It'd probably be worth it to have a brand and be known as somebody that's doing that, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, I I was talking. So, um, I have a, I have basically have a five year plan, which is the um. It's, it's, it's just three steps. It's real estate um, and YouTube, right? And so I wanted to uh, mix both of them. And so I have it for five years. So I'm going to give myself five years, basically, of just creating content. I'm already selling real estate, so might as well, you know, provide the content out there um, and see where that takes me. And so, I don't So know. you have... You got your normal job where you're property manager for somebody else's property. You have your own right, property. Exactly. You have your own properties, yeah. and now you're selling real estate too. Yeah. So you, you got a lot going on right now. Yeah, bro. I mean, it's like, what are what else do you what are you gonna do with your time, bro? I'm trying to retire. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm tired of you know. I hit when I when I was in my job. I hit. I, I was there for two years, right here at the at the bank. When I hit my two year mark, I had like a midlife crisis, bro. That's, that's crazy. You're saying that because. I think you know we we've all come together because we're like minded. We're all hustling, and doing it. Yeah. I worked two years. I worked two years too, and I had to. I had to get yeah, out. Yeah, bro. Now. I was like, oh, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I've been coming here for fifty weeks, because they give you two weeks off. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, I've been coming here for almost like fifty weeks, forty hours, every week. And you're doing it for somebody else. I'm, I'm like, what, what? What am I doing? I mean, I'm earning like I was earning like twenty seven thousand dollars. And I was like, bro, I got to, like, branch out. Like, I can't keep doing this. So eventually, like, and you know what's crazy? When you write things down, when you write down your goals, bro, that puts so much focus on, like, if I put, if I write down how much do I want to earn a year, right, through a salary, right, I put $40,000. Anything below $40,000 is automatically taken out the table. So that puts your focus you know, like such a deep focus on like getting exactly what you want. Crazy. They can grow yeah. rich, right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. How many, I mean, both of them, we're all pretty, uh, pretty red on stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, I feel like there's so much power to those ideas, but you also have to be committed to actually doing, doing the work and mm-hmm. valuing the outcome, right? So you could say, I want to make this much money, but if it doesn't burn you, if you don't, <laughs> then it doesn't really matter. Right. Mm. But like associating that with, you, you gotta, I, I think it's a tough balance to not be so hard on yourself and beat yourself up over things, yeah. but also like feel that and hold yourself accountable to it. Yeah. So how do you, how do you find that balance? I think a lot of that starts from like personality, who you are, you know, like two good books I read this year, uh, The Happiness Hypothesis and uh, the other one, I, I'll come back to it, but basically the basis of them is you know, where are you starting? You know, like it talks about there being um, a writer, an elephant in a path, you know, and, you know, most people, they're in their head when they're thinking about what they want, you know, mm. so they're, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. They set goals, but, you know, the elephant, which is like your emotions, your, your heart, right? That's what gets it done, you know, so you can't like think your way through what you want to get done, but most people don't take the time to figure out how to motivate themselves, how to push themselves, you know, and that's why people talk about things, um, they might think it's cheesy to to say, like, what's your biggest dream or what's your mm-hmm. goal, you know. You know, people who've really reached their peak know that that's important because that's what, that's what inspires 
your emotions, you know, that elephant. Yeah. So and I that, think knowing where you're starting. You yeah, know? and that process is so different for everybody. I think, like, we've all read a ton of books on business entrepreneurship, like self-help type stuff. And there's so many ideas out there, but I feel like you have to put your own spin on them that work, works for you. There's no cookie cutter, like, for Yeah, there isn't. Right. I'm going to check to see if this uh, video is still going. This is low-budget production. <laughs> Yo, bro, so what was it? The hypothesis of happiness? Uh, happiness yeah. hypothesis, yeah, as well. Happiness hypothesis? Yeah, I'll show you. You know what's crazy? We good? Yeah, we're good. I started a new segment. Copy. Oh, chop it up? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because I don't really believe in happiness. Explain that. So, I... Which one? About graduating. Yeah, that's the one. It's a good book, man. Easily the best, probably the best one I read this year so far. I'd say. Who wrote that? Uh, John, Jonathan Haidt. Yeah, I've heard of it. I, yeah, I think I, I, I don't know much. I don't you know about about it. Yeah, you were telling me some stuff. I don't know much about it. Yeah, he's, he's a doctor. He's a, yeah. Well, his idea of happiness is more based in uh, being satisfied in you know what your goals are. So it's not like reaching this ideal peak. You know, it's more so in satisfaction. Loving the process, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge part yeah. of what he talks about, the process. Yeah, the, like, and everything, the one conclusion I think I'm reaching more and more is there is no, there's no ending, mm. right? It's not like you, there might be, like, long-term things that you aspire to check off, but it's not like you're going to hit that, and for the rest of your life, you're just going to be like, all right, I'm going to chill now and <laughs> do nothing, and right. I'm good. Like, you're, mm. you always want to reach that next level, at least for me. Like, I've learned that what I value more than anything is just learning and growth, really, mm. and I, I just don't want to be stagnant, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, go, go, back, go back to how do you explain the, the whole happiness habit. thing. Yeah. So, for example, I started analyzing happiness, right? I was like, what is happiness, really? Like, is it, happiness is just an, a, a, moment, mo, a moment in time in which you might feel joyful, you might feel different emotions, but not ha- like what is happiness? If you were to describe it, so for example, I tell people I'm not happy, right? Like I don't believe in happiness. I don't use the word happiness. I'm grateful. I'm joyful. I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like different that. different words yeah. that because happiness is such a like vague thing. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful of my family. I'm grateful of everything that I have. I'm grateful for everything I've been able to build. You know what I'm saying? So that puts a different perspective and like sure. current current time. Like, are you do you have joy in your life? Mm-hmm. But when you say you're not happy, what's the bar for happiness to you? Well, like, for example, if we're playing a a, a video game, right? Mm-hmm. And um we get excited. Okay. At that moment, am I happy or am I excited? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like happiness okay. if you are happy for a moment in time that moment isn't sustainable forever, right? right. You never get so, those conditions that are making you feel that so way and are going to change. how is it that we continue to seek this moment? Yeah. You know, why don't we stop seeking the moment and analyze everything else that we currently have in a different perspective? No, I, I definitely see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? If you're basing, like, happiness on, like, I'm happy because Friday night... I'm going to the movies and I'm going to this party or I'm doing some event that's going to make me happy. Like, that doesn't last. Yeah, forever. and even so, even after you, that gets there, after you get there, are you happy? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because you continue to look into the future for your happiness. I yeah. think that's dependent on, you know, what your outlook is, like, in anything you do. Like, um, a lot of times, it, for me, it's about 
what you're pro- focused on in the moment. You know, like you can be in the present and be washing dishes and yeah. like uh, be happy, you know, and enjoy because you know that you're going to have a clean house or just maybe you love dishes. Some people love doing those. I love doing things. dishes, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's like it's so strange, like how certain things just trigger yeah. different emotional responses. Right. Yeah. Like you could be doing something that most people would say oh he should be like the happiest person in the world doing this right now and feel be miserable right mm. but you could be doing the simplest thing and it for some reason brings you to that place where you're yeah. you're feeling grateful for it. Mm-hmm. or yeah. you know I've been trying to like really simplify things lately and just be just being more present with like family and friends and not about like how much time necessarily but just being when you're with somebody like being intentional about like I'm enjoying this I'm grateful I, for this right I completely agree with you on that one because I used to suffer from you know I used to get to places bro and I would get anxiety and I would just want to leave and it was like I don't know it was like it's, it's not necessarily that I didn't want to be there it was just like my brain is such a like like, I see everything as time, 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 time. Yeah. Like, why am I wasting time here? Yeah. I could be doing something else. It was time, 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 nah, time. Yeah. So then I started just, you know what? Why don't you just relax, man? Just relax. You're constantly, the gears are constantly like spinning. They're just like, spinning I could be selling over. this. I could be doing that. And so, just relax. Just Sometimes I'll be with my niece, and I'll be like, I'll be thinking, oh, I could be doing a, a work, or I could be preparing for the class, or I could be doing this. Be... Now you're you with your niece right now. When the time comes that you need to work on your class, can be no distraction. Nah. That's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like this, you have to be able to set that mentality. And I, I used to suffer from that because I would, I would bring my work or my mentality into work, into my family time. Yeah. Can't happen, man. No, I think, and that kind of speaks to one of the, one of the things I, I don't know if I've heard this somewhere or if I came up with it on my own, but a lot of people talk about these ideas, but just being like more intentional and less reactive right so mm-hmm. if you're going to take that time to spend with your niece like take that time and spend with your niece but right. then as soon as you're done like flip the switch and move on to the next thing don't be half in a bunch of things right, right. so really block out like what you're doing you you know you have a daughter now so i'm sure you're seeing a lot of that like yeah. you're trying to block out times of the day to work to spend time with her to spend time with yeah. you know totally yeah i mean i spent a lot of time in my life you know learning about meditation and so i think that when you get to a point where you can lock in and just enjoy whatever it is you're doing, you know, to find the value in it, then, you know, that translates, you know. So I do that with her because, I mean, it's the little stuff, you know, with a kid, you know, she smiles. And, yeah, bro. You know, yeah, so. <laughs> bro, my little niece, two months old, was in my house for the whole week. Oh, my God, the cutest thing, bro. Yeah. I was in love. Yeah, man. So, you know, I think that that applies to everything, though. So if, if you know how to find value, that's why I, when I look at the word happiness, I do think that there is no universal happiness. I think that it's an internal thing that you almost have to decide on. Mm. Like, it's something that, you know, you're like, I feel good like in this moment, you know? So it's like like if you jump in a, in a, in a pool in some, in some cold water, you know, like you can feel that initial shock and it may not feel great. But if you decide, like, okay, you know what? I love swimming. I like, you know, you're going to feel good about that. Yeah. You know, so that's why I say it's all about your perception and your mindset and how you allow yourself to feel. And that can, to me, that's what determines the happiness. It's not some reaching a goal. I don't think goals will ever be happiness. It's just what you decide, you know. Yeah, I think 
you know, when he says, I don't think happiness exists, I, I can understand. It could be just different definitions, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't, like you said, I don't think it's like, I'm happy now and I'm always going to be happy because I have this material thing or I did this thing. It's more so, am I doing things on a daily basis that put me in the best frame of mind or make mm-hmm. me the best version of myself, right? Whether that be with family. So that's what it's more about to me as well. You know what? Like, You're right because, yeah. you know, I guess the, the opposite of happiness, it must be like miserable. Mm. Like, are you miserable? Yeah. I'm not miserable, so I guess that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Right, but you just think about it in a different way. Yeah. Like it's not... yeah. But you said joy. You know, joy is another, f- yeah. I mean, it, it's all about, you know, I, everyone has different ways of describing. Yeah. Really, you know, so. I see a lot of people who, and I don't think this way, but people think once I do this thing or I, if I'm with this person or if I, you know, go to this place or take this picture, like, then I'm going to be happy. But it doesn't, it doesn't work like that for yeah. sure, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's an, uh, it's a what they, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an infinite game, right? It's just never ending. It's mm. it's a constant yeah, cause that, game. Of once games. once you once you reach it, you know you gotta get it again. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> no, it's a constant that? game. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's what makes it interesting is that if you did reach your peak, life would get boring. You know, if you got to that point where you're like, like for me, when I was, I learned this the hard way because when I was younger, all I cared about was. I need to get a college degree. Like, that was my peak as a kid, you know? Mm. And then once I got to that point where I was, like, walking the stage, I felt unsatisfied. You know, I was like, why? This sucks. You know, That nothing. faraway thing didn't represent what you yeah. thought it It did nothing for me. I was like, all right, this sucks. Like, why, why don't I feel like, okay, I'll be able to get the job and all this stuff, but I don't feel good about this. And that's kind of where I learned that, it was about the process. If I would have enjoyed the process more, then I would have felt good in that moment because I wouldn't have had such high expectations for yeah. that moment. Did you like school? I did pretty good with it. Yeah, I enjoyed the you? environment. Yeah. 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 Okay. It was more so about environment Where'd and you go? learning. SUNY IT. Okay. Well, SUNY probably now. What about you? You you went to a couple different schools. Yeah, right? I went to LaGuardia. I graduated from LaGuardia Community College in Queens, New York, and then I went to John Jay for a year. Um, I had to drop out because it was just too expensive. Like New York City, and I was paying rent. Getting in New York City. back. Oh and my just god, everything. it was horrible. Yeah. And um, so then when when I left John Jay, um, that's when I moved up here, right? So then I looked into uh, I looked into SUNY IT. I did a, I did like a a semester at SUNY IT to see if I could finish my bachelor's, right? Because I was doing psychology. And then I was like, I don't know, something hit me. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do psychology no more. So I went to MVCC for like a year uh, doing cybersecurity. That was dope. But then I couldn't finish it. So I'm like in the limbo now. Now I want to get a PhD <laughs> for psychology. Because now, because I've been thinking, I was like, yo, you should be. Because, you know, I've been considering running for president for the Dominican Republic, right? And I was like, how, how much more value would a doctorate? put it to your name but do you like as you, <laughs> you know, say that we're also talking about how you, know, you can learn anything about the internet now so like how much is that piece of paper worth of that title i guess in, in like a phd is still a very prestigious thing right exactly versus and in, in certain in certain, in in certain disciplines it does represent a lot like you can't simulate a phd in psychology by google and things like there's right. gotta be some structure to that there's yeah. gotta be some <laughs> i mean it's it's not like how to edit a video it's well, you know, I mean, what you can do I you would have uh, had to go into an accredited but school. you could you could gain a lot of that same knowledge 
not even close to, let's say, you're going to be a PhD or you can even make that comparison. But there's so many books and so many other sorts of information yeah, out there. Yeah, I mean... But you want that. What, that is a huge validation for if you're running for president. Right, exactly. Or, like, you know, for higher achievement for yeah. myself. Um, but I've been... Um, so interesting, man. But do you do you that. value that more than like you're a hustler? You're trying to make money. You're trying to yeah. Can you, so can you take I thought the time I, away. To well, really, I thought about it like this. I was like, time is gonna pass by regardless, right? So I mean, it, I have about a year and a half left for my bachelor's degree, right? Let's. I'm 25, right? My birthday's coming up in March. Let's say I'm 26. I graduate by 27, 27 and a half, right? Now I got my bachelor's. Now I need two more years to get my master's, hypothetically speaking, that it takes me two years, mm-hmm. right? I'll be, let's just say 29, 29 and a half. Two more years for PhD, I'll be 30, 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Why not? Plenty of time, right? Why not? <laughs> That's You know, and, and if things go, you know, if I don't win the presidency, then... Would that take away, that quest for the PhD take away from, like, what you got going on currently? Would you be able to work your in property management still and be able to you know it's I, I think I'm I'm reaching a level where I'm going to start outsourcing my day to day life and like my day to day processes of my company um, because I've noticed that I'm a, I am my worst enemy and so my own procrastination you know gets in the way of like me succeeding and so I've thought in, I've you know I've started rereading the um um the four-hour work week, right? Because he talks a lot about virtual assistants and things like mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, I, I'm, I know that I can get to a level where I can just have this little bubble of just, like, things, right? And somebody else can manage those things, right? And then that would just give me a lot of time for myself. And I'm also started, I started doing a lot of writing, like... So what would you be sacrificing to get to that level of automation and stuff? Would that be less money in your pocket because you're paying people to do things? Would you it know, it's like I'm buying out time. Yeah. That's really how I see it. But you'd have more time to pour into, obviously, other, other things. things. You know, or like what I can do is like I can automate a lot of it, but that once I, once it's automated, then that means that I, can, I just have to continue bringing in clients. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The process is already there. You don't want to sacrifice. Like, you obviously doing a lot of the work yourself right now brings quality, and you're in control of that. So how do you right. prevent? You don't want that to deteriorate. you got to find the right people to... Well, you know what? It's all about trial and error, and I'm, I'm going more into the the aspect of a virtual reali- virtual assistant. Did I say... Did, have I been saying virtual no, reality no, this Okay, virtual <laughs> assistant. Um, because these are professionals, you know, that are dedicated... For you know to to actually do the job that you tell them to do, you know at, at a cheap rate, I have a guy who was charging me five hundred and fifty dollars, right? He would work four hours a week, five days a week, right? When I broke it down per hour, I'm paying him about six dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, pretty good value. Come on, man! And so I started thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. Not only can I do this for my business. Because I started thinking, maybe I don't have enough things for that person, for the business, alone. Maybe I can add my own personal issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I should start automating some of my own things, like my bills. You know, because I go crazy with my bills, bro. Again, my procrastination. You know, it gets in my way of, like, my own success. And so, I've been considering that. 
are there certain things that I mean I know you're a hard worker you you're working all the time you're always yeah. on are there certain things that you tackle right away and then certain things you hate doing that you procrastinate on yeah man um something that I tackle right away um you know I use I use uh, the app task by from uh, Google yeah and so I use I you know one of my one of my issues is that uh, for example this whole week or this past week I haven't been at the incubator right I use my time at the incubator to solve those problems that I know I'm supposed to solve right and so it's changing environment, if I spend yeah. if I spend a whole week out of the incubator mm. You're not doing now, now those problems are adding up. <laughs> is this like a is this like a zone to you where you come in here? Yeah, bro. To switch a little mm-hmm. bit. It is. I get that too. It is, and um, you know, and I mean, at the cost of what? You know, I spent this whole week with my niece, Brett, you know, newborn. I spent a lot of time with her. I spent a lot of time with my wife, who was off throughout the week. You know what I'm saying? But the problems were still there. Yeah. You know, and like I wasn't able to take out the time throughout my day. To do it, you know what I'm saying, and so now I'm playing catch up, mm. right? And so now you know we're it's already the 18th, you know, and I still got people that haven't paid their bills, still got people who haven't paid their rent. Mm. Now my landlords are like I'm on my back, you know what I'm saying? As you said, as we're saying, you're doing a podcast as, exactly, but like you know, but other things like when I come here, I try to really tackle all of those things, man. How about your uh, your own personal uh, tenants? Have they paid? <laughs> you know what? Even that, like that was an issue this month, man. Um, it's crazy. Like I have this one tenant that, um, you know, told me, hey, listen, man, like my mom is off because apparently his mom writes his checks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, yo, my mom left a PA for a week. Okay. Right. Does that mean that I had to wait a whole week? For me to get my check, copy. Another tenant just moved in, right? Her Section Eight rent comes in, two hundred dollars. The rent is seven. It's seven fifty. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna pay you on the 29th, cause that's when I moved in." So I'm like, "Fuck!" You see, cause I forgot to rewire rewire myself that not all my payments are gonna be on the first now, cause this new tenant moved in on this specific yeah. date. So now I'm so all yeah, over the place. Fix that, <laughs> fix that system. And so it's a lot, man. It's a lot of um, again, like I should see myself as my own own worst enemy. As you know, I I have to constantly conquer myself, which is crazy. Yeah, nah, it's a it's a struggle yeah. everyone has in, in its own way. Yeah. Manifest different for everyone. How do you how have you been splitting your time between like the insurance stuff and the? Um, I've I've really learned to use all the technology like right now i use uh, omnifocus i think i've talked to you guys a little bit about it but um it, it really breaks down what i need to do based on where i am and what my availability is so I mean, anything that's like time specific i'll keep it in the calendar so i'll know okay i have to do this at this time otherwise you know tasks like you know print this stuff that's not time specific you know if i walk into this office here i have you know within my omnifocus uh, a tab that's his office so it has everything within it that needs to be done while I'm here you know same thing with you know when I'm in the car I have a tab in my OmniFocus that's called errands or in another one that's called anywhere so 
if I'm like, okay, what do I need to get done today while I'm on the run? I can jump, jump in that errands tab and it tells me everything I need to do. It even gets as specific as, you know, if I need to go to the store, I can put in, like if I'm driving past, it'll alert me. Like you need to get this from there. What? Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool and it, it kind of, it, it allows me to get all of the stuff that doesn't really need to stick in my head, out of my head, so I can focus on the important stuff, you know? So, like, I don't need to have reminders set in my brain, like, do this, do this, do this, when I have it right there and I can use yeah. the rest of my energy to focus on... How perfect are you able to follow that? Is it is it pretty... Well, the good Does thing it feel about, robotic after a while, or is there times well, when you just need to step away and... Yeah, you know, the reason I like it is because it gives me flexibility to choose what I want to do when I want to do it. So, like... A lot of times people set tasks and they'll say like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do this at 7, this at 8, this at 9, this at 10. And it's stuff that doesn't really matter when they do it. You know, So if they're like, I need to fill out this client's application, I'm going to do that at 7. I got to fill out. Then I got to go have lunch. I'm going to have lunch at 10. Then I got to go. Like with this, I don't, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I have the stuff that's really important. It's in its block. But otherwise, anything... Is based on just what I feel like doing within that category. So if I decide uh, it's 10 a.m., I've already done my meditation, all that stuff, okay, well, right now I'm home. What could I feel like doing something from home? What do I have on my home list? You know, or, okay, now I need to get some work done. I'm going to go to the office. What do I, I'm at the office now. What's on my office list? Mm. You know, so, but I have 20, 30 things in that office list that I have to do. So I'm not set on what I have to do at that time. So yeah. it gives me the good balance yeah. and flexibility. It's interesting because he's not, he's not balancing time. He's balancing the to-do, like the things that he has to get done at different locations. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Just, yeah, I love it, man. It's a great system. And I even incorporate, uh, mm. like, it has a section where within the, so you, you have the locations section, but then you also have the goals section. So... Within the goal section, you have all of the things you're doing in life. So I have, like, the real estate business. Then I have, like, the insurance business. And then I have, like, uh, the tutor I'm doing with the school district and what clients I have to do paperwork-wise. And so within every list, you should have at least one next task, right? So you have to have something that's going to be your next, your very next step to get you closer to the end result. So, you know, if I have paperwork to do, for a client that I met with, then my next task would be uh, fill out paperwork. I don't have to have a big list of everything I have to do, just at least something that I can move forward on with mm-hmm. everything that's in my list. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like that it, I know that every goal I have, I know what the next step is to move towards it. I may not know right now what, you know, all the steps to get there, but I know what I have to do to move forward, you know, and that motivates me. It's knowing, okay, I'm going to do something and it's going to push me a little bit closer to the goal, you know. So it's a good system. I, I've he's, he's got a really good book on it. It's called Getting Things Done. It's um David Allen came up with yeah, it. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that book. What's the app called? Uh, OmniFocus. OmniFocus. Yeah, so it's just the program that I use. To implement that exactly. system. Yeah. Nice. So. Uh, that's cool. How, how does having to provide for you know family now like I, I don't have that constraint you're you're married you, you don't have any kids though right well i take care of one so of my, my, you know you got my a, wife's brother you got a newborn baby like i i have the luxury right now of being able to kind of make my own schedule completely how i want to and i imagine that things get changed a little bit with uh mm-hmm. with other people depending on mm-hmm. you yeah that's the first year uh it's more about 
getting things together because you know if you I have I like agree, bro. yeah we had a baby shower so like our family really came through and looked out you know they gave us everything we needed you know so at this point it's been about preparing you know getting like we plan to move to uh, the Maryland area in February January February and uh, yeah and um, Right now, I'm focused on making sure that, you know, not just that we can transition, because, I mean, that's fairly straightforward, but that everything is comfortable, we're prepared for, you know, what could, you know, possibilities could happen. So, luckily, I, like, I went through, you know, some ups and downs while in L.A., and I learned, oh, you got to be prepared. You can't just Mm -hmm. jump in. But now that I have a child, I'm like, Okay, there's no question. I have yeah. to be ahead of the game. I gotta have this much saved. You can't just move out to LA and find right. an apartment. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta. What? Why Maryland? I know we, you told me I almost forgot yeah. that you're moving, but you see, mm-hmm. your what? Uh, do your yeah. girlfriend have family there? Yeah, her. Uh, she's got a quite a bit. Her mom lives there, and she's got some grandparents in the Virginia area. So, and it's a really good area for, you know, being able to jump in with good communities. You know, there's a lot way going more on. opportunity in a. Yeah. An area like that. Yeah. And even though it's, it can be pretty expensive, it's compared to New York, I like it. I like New York too, but compared to New York, I like it because you can still live like a kind of normal, cool, calm life and be within 30 minutes of the city. Yeah. yeah. Metropolitan so, areas. Yeah. And then you got certain different cities. You can go to DC, have mm-hmm. a good time. You can go to Rockville, have a good time. Yeah. You know, all the different places. So I enjoy that. Yeah. I like the DMV area. Other than. People complain about traffic and stuff, but yeah. it's a mild climate. You know, you're not dealing with that seven feet of snow. Right. <laughs> Winter, you get cold, but nothing like here. Yeah. How do you, how would you rate your time? You've been upstate for, what, like seven years now? Um, no, I've been, well, I've been in New York State uh, since um, 03, right, from the Dominican Republic. And then in your, in upstate, I've been here for uh, for about three or four years. Oh, okay, I thought it was longer than that. Yeah, three to four years. So, but I love upstate though, you know, and you know, I've, I've learned, I, you know, I'm planning to only be here for about five years, no more. Um, but I've learned to look at the bright side of winter, basically. Yeah. So I've learned to go snowboarding. I've learned to like, just, I, sometimes I'll take my camera out, like when it's snowing and t- just, you know, take a couple of flicks. For sure. But like. It's gonna happen anyways. I mean, so might as well. Yeah. <laughs> might as well enjoy it. Like, might as well enjoy like it. Talking, but enjoy exactly. It might as well enjoy it. Just do something with it. But um, I don't know. Um, but bro, I wanted to touch on uh the meditation. You know that you know that you were talking about because I was just talking to my wife today and uh, I was telling her I was like, hey, listen. So you know, I think that. Um, cause I get I get seasonal depression mm. like for the during yeah. the winter. As soon as the winter kicks in, bro. My depression goes haywire, man. Mm. And so the other day, you know, I was like in the baby shower and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I noticed that I was feeling sad. Mm. Right. So then I noticed I, I saw this um this uh, beautiful painting and it was like beautiful mountains. It was uh, um, covered with snow and there was like a cabin there. And I was like, yo, you know what? I think I need some time alone. Mm. Cause you know what I'm saying? Cause that's another thing. Once you join a partnership with somebody, cause really marriage is just a partnership, bro. That's how I see it. You don't get that alone time anymore, man. You know mm-hmm. things change. Yeah, the, and so the default is that there's somebody. Right? So, somebody's always at home. You know what I'm saying? You're always gonna sleep with somebody. Like there's never that alone time. I mean, you get some alone time on your own, but like that 
personal yeah. alone time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I told her, I'm like, listen, I think you're going maybe for a cabin for like a day or two. Just solo. <laughs> and that probably came off as so crazy, right? Well, you know, because I've, I've mentioned to her that I've wanted to go, go hiking alone, yeah. right? And she refused it. Right, and then her father, her father was like, "Listen, man, are, you know they're wired differently." Yeah. And so, so she was, he told her like, "Listen, um, just give him the chance, go." And then you know now that I mention it again, she's like, "Hey, if you're gonna do it, then do it. You know, as long as you're safe, everything is good. Two days, come back home, we don't have a problem." Right. Yeah. <laughs> just that time to reflect and that time. Yeah, I mean, I've never done it before. Um, I think it's gonna be uh something very. Very interesting, you know. I don't know if I'm gonna take. I think I'm not gonna take any Wi-Fi with me. Um, maybe I'll bring the laptop so I could write, um, or like have my phone. Um, I don't know. We'll see what I do. But so, what's your ideal outcome? Like, what's your? Is it like serenity? Like, just to be able to see stuff? Is it the alone time? Like, I, what's I what you're looking for? I don't know. Like, for something in you decided, I want to go to a cabin. What, yeah. What's the, what's the so it was like, I started thinking, all right, like, what are my options for me to be alone? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, where could I go? What, you know what I'm saying? And so if I had the perfect situation mm-hmm. to be alone, it would probably be in a cabin. Okay. Right? By myself. Like, is, in, it the, is it the cabin or is it just the isolation in the woods? I guess so it's like, just both. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, would it be the it same? It doesn't have to be a yeah, cabin. It, it could be, be like an apartment or yeah. a condo somewhere, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, but that, that matters, man, because... You know, one of the, there's different things that really can affect you. Like some nature is a really big thing with yeah. you know internal peace. So right. it could be that for you, you really value walking through the woods. Yeah, the exactly. Air. You know what? You're you right know? because I, I love hiking, man. Yeah. I that up this upstate, bro, changed my life with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, if you're interested in meditation, I mean, I really learned to meditate. Um, my introduction was the Headspace app which was right. great. I did that for about seven months straight. So every single day, they, they kind of teach you about what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. And, you know, especially with you going out to, you know, talking talk about the cabin, you know, I took a class and the teacher said, uh, if you can't meditate in the middle of traffic, then you don't know how to meditate, right? Mm. And she said that because the idea, the focus on meditation is being able to always come back to yourself, you know, get back into whatever you're focused on. So if you're focused on your breath, you should always be able to come back to your breath. You know, and the the power in it when you're getting stronger is when you catch yourself not focusing, right? So, like, you might start thinking about, you know, a tenant who didn't pay you. The You get better at meditation when you catch yourself and you bring yourself back to your breath, right? Mm. So, so have you... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off, but I've... I've heard about this concept of habit loop tri- triggers, basically. So when, as soon as you start to think a thought or you feel a certain way, automatically that cues you to think something different and bring yourself back. Have you been able to like take that away from meditation in like your day to day life? If something's going wrong or mm-hmm. if you're frustrated with something, like actually in that moment, think to yourself, okay, this is happening. I'm identifying this, mm-hmm. and I'm now I'm gonna come back. Yeah. Like, right. is that actually ingrained in you through? Yeah, I think I think a big part of that was the Headspace app. Mm-hmm. I think that if they don't. I, I haven't heard that term before, but that what you just said describes it because the idea is for you to give labels to the things that may bother you. So, you know, if you if you're thinking something, like you talked about seasonal depression, I dealt with that too, you know, and you know, basically the idea is like 
when a thought crosses your mind and it's something that you don't value, then you can just like label it as um, that's just a narrative. That doesn't. That's not who I am. That's just a thought. You know, you can just say that's a thought. And the fact that you can identify it allows you to not own it, which has le- makes it have less effect on you. You know, if that's meditation, I've probably been meditating for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because I I'm very aware of my thoughts. Um, I'm very conscious of my thoughts because of you know Think and Grow Rich and all these other books that we've read, mm-hmm. and so it. I, I would catch myself, you know, for example, the seasonal depression. I realize when I'm feeling a certain way. You know, so most that, people... that in itself is a big positive. Exactly. Right? So I realize, like, hey, listen, like, you're going through this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now now that you realize that, you know, now you guys take steps to make sure, like, I let my wife know ASAP. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell her, like, listen, I think I'm going through a depression right now. Um, You know, I might need some time, like, to go through it. Mm. No problem. Whatever you need. Yeah. No, like when you guys talk about that seasonal depression, like I don't know if I think everyone's felt some form of depression one way or another in their life. Mm-hmm. But I've never been able to identify like, oh, right now I'm, I'm a pretty generally pretty grateful, pretty upbeat yeah. person. So do you like when you say seasonal depression? Are you feeling that every second of every day during that time, or is it come and go in waves? Um, for me, I, mean, I feel like I wouldn't say that I have seasonal depression. What I learned is that. At a certain time during, like some people, it's literal, like the world and the earth yeah. in a different place. Like like 24-7 there. Yeah. Just... For me, it was more so about what changes in lifestyle and like sun and all that stuff when when the winter comes around. So like, I'm the kind of, like when I lived in LA, I realized that I still, in a way, felt that uh, depression, even though I had 24 hours of sun. Interesting. So I thought it was that, oh. Just because your body's like, so used to it? Is that... Well, I don't know, man. I, so when I lived here, I thought I just have seasonal depression. So as soon as I moved to LA, I'm gonna get lots of sun and I'm gonna feel better because I'm not gonna have to deal with the seasons. But it didn't work that way, you know. What it really was is that what I was going, whatever I was going through here, it was more magnified because you know you don't go out, you're not outside doing outside things in the winter time. I mean, you're stuck in the house more often. And it's it's, it's a, you know when it's yeah. cloudy out, it doesn't look beautiful. It, it looks garbage, you know. So I learned in L.A. that, wow, it's beautiful outside. Why do I feel like this? You know, yeah. there's a lot to do in L.A. Why do I feel like this? It was more so about what I was doing. You yeah. know? So I just had to learn how my thought process worked and then had to, you know, make moves that You, you needed to, that. You, you'd only known one environment. You needed that reference point to be able to say, okay, I'm still feeling this out here. So it must not be what I thought it was, right? Yeah. And there are people who have seasonal depression. Yeah. It is weather season focused for some people. For me, it just... It was a little bit different, but I thought that that's what. Yeah, I try to take uh, trips into like the Caribbean during the winter to yeah. like help me out. Yeah. Like I'm planning to go to DR in March. Good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, cause. But when you come back, does that does that feeling carry on? For no, a actually, bit? well, cause I, to to piggyback on your question, to me is it's almost like a recurrent cycle. Yeah. It's not necessarily like oh, this whole week is gonna be you know tough mm-hmm. for me. It's more like, um, like I just feel it. Cause I'm, again, I'm like very aware of my emotions. And like, if I feel like sad, like I'm like, wait, you know, why did I feel like that? You know, did I think about something? Did I think about my brother? Did I think about my mother? Did I think about my grandfather? Or did it just come randomly? And then if I, if it becomes, if it comes randomly, then, you know, I, again, I label it. Mm-hmm. 
you know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, now you got to watch out for that. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, if it happens again, you know, it's another trigger right there. Like, you got to be able to recognize those things for, of, you know, on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even when I'm angry, I'll recognize it. You know, it's not, not necessarily like when I'm angry that um, I'm going through depression, but being able to recognize all of those different emotions and like being able to analyze them. I guess it's a big fact. It's a big factor of growing up too, you know, because I wish I would have had that when I was younger. Some people never get that at all, though. Yeah. You know? Like, how many people do you see that just go through life without really ever understanding themselves mm-hmm. and yeah. never really getting in tune with that? Like, I've learned a lot mostly since I left my job six months ago um, just about what I what actually matters to me and you know when you're when you're working a full-time job and you're going through school and stuff you think it's just all about money and how do I stack and get to this certain point but what is that point right <laughs> so to me it's more now like I'm making less money than I ever have but I'm easily happier and more in, ter- in touch with myself and that part of that is knowing that I'm making a sacrifice now to hopefully make money later on mm-hmm. so I can't say that like I can't say I'm, I'd be happy forever without yeah, a lot so of money. It's, it's journey based, but it's it's a it's a journey, and I think that yeah, yeah. you know it's well, man, it's, uh, it's something that's unique to everyone, though. Yeah, I think the key with meditation, man, I, for anybody, I think some things are universal, and I think the main thing with meditation that I tell everybody is that meditation is basically the buffer. You know, it's the thing that allows you to not be affected by. The your surroundings. Yeah, your surroundings. Because everyone gets hit with, you know, the rain. But meditation is your, you know, umbrella. You know, it gives you a, a buffer between things. So you can mm. change, you can choose how you react, you can change how you react. And if it's something you can't run from, at least you can be prepared for it, you know, so. Do you think you're getting, so you've been at it for what, maybe six or seven years now? Um, So I've been doing it seriously for about three, three and a half, like where I've like been. Like committed very, daily. Yeah, but, um. I've been trying to learn. The key was that I didn't actually jump in and take it seriously in action. Like, I, w- I had the, the learner syndrome. And I was just reading books about it, yeah. but I wouldn't do it, you know? So <laughs> once once my back was against the wall and I'm like, okay, I'm, like, really stressed. I'm feeling pretty low. I have nothing. I don't know what else I can do with the gym. I, you know, the gym's not an option, you know? So I was like, this is what I have to do. I, I don't want to go and do this, do that. So, and this was a time when I was like anti-medication. I didn't want to see a therapist. I was like, you know what? I'm going to meditate. You know, so I started meditation. You know, down the road, I did jump into, you know, seeing a therapist. And I wasn't trying to destigmatize those things. You Bro, know, seeing a therapist helped me so much, man. It's yeah. not even funny. Yeah. It's crazy. Really? Yeah, bro. Like, I actually... I, like I'm an advocate for it. Yeah, I think sure. I think we should definitely like take all stigmas stigmas out of it and yeah. just to be honest, just go see them. Yeah. See, I've I've never. I've been very fortunate in life to, you know, to have a very good upbringing, and I I think I'm very I'm over the years I've uh, cultivated a sense of gratitude more and more, but I've been pretty grounded and just feeling happy for what I have, and I've never had moments where I felt like I had to talk to mm. anyone about stuff like that and maybe maybe I actually do have reason I'm just <laughs> hiding it I don't know maybe yeah. it's deep maybe it's deep rooted yeah, right but how would you explain the benefit of it what what exactly just being able to identify like root causes of certain things well and, you know what it's that remember how I said that once you bring another person in yeah it's magic so it's like that being able to bounce back ideas 
with another person. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that that person is there to actually help you. Yeah. Which is makes a huge difference. You know what I'm saying? Like going into, let's just say, my mother, right? Or my father, whom, you know, their entire perspective of me is skewed because they're my, they're my parents. You know, I like, I'll go to my wife. Maybe my wife might not understand me as much as maybe I'll go to my brother. But my brother's view is skewed as well because he's my brother. You know what I'm saying? So everybody has a different perspective of you. back to that. You're a million different people to a million, you know, to it, a million different people. Right, exactly. And so being able to being able to sit down in a room solo, right, and being able to bounce back those, like, emotions with somebody, like, I'll tell them, like, yo, so look, like, I don't know. They'll, they'll ask me questions, which is, which is so, the questions are so interesting, man. These people know what they're doing. You're bro. getting an objective, non-biased. Right. I mean, obviously, there's some bias into it, but it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Way, way less than anybody else you'd And, and you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because, you know, at the end of my session, they'll just have another person in, yeah. right? And they probably don't even give a fuck about, you know, sorry for the curse, probably don't even care about my my emotions to begin with. You know what I'm saying? But being able to be in that room and having that access to being able to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. again, I, I was not a believer on it. Yeah. Now I am, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, man, the key to therapy to me is that you've got somebody who is experienced and like you said, they know the right questions to ask. You, you got someone in front of you that maybe they've seen, you know, let's say they've they've been doing it for ten years. You find a good person. Right. They've they've talked to hundreds of people about hundreds, thousands of things, and you may think that something is specific to you, but you know they're there to let you know. Like that's that's just human. You know that's just people. So you see you know, it through a collective lens rather than exactly. just. This is my problem. This mm-hmm. is something that plagues a bunch of people, right? Yeah. And he knows the right questions to ask. Like, oh, so, like, why do you think that is? Could that be this? You know, it kind of changes your mindset that, to be more open-minded. That got me to thinking, you know, there's, there is a stigma, and I think it's it's slowly starting to go away. Yeah. Um, and it will continue to do so. Not only, not only is it continuing to go away, but a lot of our communities are doing it now, bro. Like, the black and brown communities, the Hispanics are going, taking therapy. Like, that. that's taboo in my culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, the mm-hmm. therapy? What are you, a maniac? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, they, they don't teach us. Like, growing up, you know, they would tell us, uh, you know, crying is, is, is not a, uh, a thing that men do. Right. So all these things have been So what am I supposed to do with all my emotions, man? Who am I supposed to talk to? Yeah, How I, am I supposed to express them? I think that well, there's a large awakening across the world yeah, and stuff like that. And it's it, beautiful. over time, it will have to lead to positive changes in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And I think like, th- it depends how you frame it, right? So traditionally, a therapist, oh, why would you go to a therapist? You don't need that. But if you just framed it as, like, this person is a friend listening, it's normal <laughs> then, right? So yeah. why is it so Why is it so crazy if it's a therapist? Right? Right. Why, what's this someone you're it's talking like, to? This, this, this person is pro- is, has been training for so many years mm. just to be able to help you to solve your some of your problems let's yeah. think about it like that yeah. yeah so it's all framing I guess yeah, and, I, and I think about therapy man like 9 out of 10 people are all wearing some sort of a mask you know and under those masks you know a lot of people have the same problems the same yeah. you know situations but they hide it from each other so it's mm-hmm. like having that therapist there that's the person who 
lets you know, like, wait, it's not just you who's hiding that. Everybody is hiding it, you know? So everybody's trying to be something different. You right. know, like, we're all trying to, we're all striving to reach the next level. We may feel inadequate. But you tell that to a therapist and they're going to say, well, that's normal, you know? Yeah, that's what everybody's trying to do. Yeah, and I, I guess I, I would say I've never formally talked to a therapist, but I think I've had like insightful conversations that could lead to like growth and mm-hmm. understanding myself with certain people, whether it be friends or family. And just through a lot of like my own reading and research, I've figured out in almost a therapeutic way, like what works for me and what doesn't. Right. So I, I can't say like I'm not plagued with these problems, but I've mm-hmm. on my own more so like refined and tested like certain things I used to do just don't make me feel good about myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got to adjust course and I'm trying to get to that version of myself where it's like I'm doing things that I can be proud of that I want my family to be proud of, right? And not doing things that are negative and might be good for a minute, but are in the long run making me feel bad about myself as a person. And, you know, yeah. so, so some of the same themes, I guess, just revealed in a different way almost. And, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't matter how it comes to you because, like, even like I was that book, uh, The Happiness Hypothesis, yeah. he talks about it's not so much about the therapist all the time, it's about. Like, he, there was a study about uh, the health of people who went through losses. And the people who uh, were healthier at the end, like, they tracked their health and what they went through. And the people who were healthier were the people who had an outlet to talk to about what their problems were. So it wasn't about, like, I had the best therapist or this yeah. or that. It was that, did you have someone that you could take what you feel and yeah. express it to them, you know? And to me, that's what it's about, is some people... You know, they just have a, that community around them where, you know, maybe maybe someone's older, they've been through stuff, so they're like, look, I know what you're going through, so maybe I can give you a little advice. And so that's all a person may need, you know. Some people, they don't have that community, so they yeah. have to go and find someone who can, you know, have that conversation with them. But yeah. No matter how you get it, you got to get yeah. it out, you know. That's, that's no, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to say, like, I, I probably would benefit from it, right? I just never thought about... Never been a thought. Like, yeah. Maybe that's because of the stigma. I don't know. Maybe, no, but maybe I'd like, probably be better off for it if I. If I, I mean, it, it sounds like you got a good community. I mean, you've always said that you got good people around you that yeah. support you. So you know, if you got someone who, when you got something going on, you can sit and tell them and talk about it. Then, you know, I won't say you're all the way there, but you're at least fifty percent there. Hell right? yeah, bro. So, Which is, you know, it's good. Yeah. yeah, my father, he's a tough man to talk to, bro. <laughs> so, you know. A lot, you know, I use a lot of, of poetry too, a lot of poetry, um, cause I like to use metaphors to be able to express myself, and mm. you know, putting it on paper, it just like once you put it on paper, it almost gives you a relief, like wow, that's it. I, I put it out there. That's right? the it's... whole the whole emotion yeah. narrowed down to six fucking pages. Yeah, no, it's real. Man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's one thing I guess right off the bat, like you said, your father's a difficult person to speak to. And I'm just lucky to have had a father that has been nothing but supportive, you know, yeah. pretty much everything I've wanted to do, and I've never felt any pressure or anything like that. And I think a lot of people deal with that, and I'm just lucky and fortunate that I have That's haven't. good, man. I'm happy to but hear that, bro. People, I could honestly say my parents, <laughs> I have zero complaints, so it's, and a lot of people can't say that, so I, yeah, I'm definitely parents. lucky in that regard. Yeah. I mean, my mom's a mental health counselor, so she's always kind of guided me on the right path, mm. you know, it's just... When I was a kid, my, my pop died, you know, so I, I grew up with a lot of different, you know, a different mindset. You lose a parent as a kid, you know, you, you blame yourself, you think little stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, you come out of it, you know, you make things happen. Has that been one of the main drivers for, you think, some of the, just some of the, the depression and uh, stuff? Early like on, yeah, I think that, 
uh, you get conditioned with a certain mindset, and then that, uh, you know, paints a picture of the whole world. You know, so if, you know when you're a kid, you go through loss, you don't know what it is, you you learn to overthink, and then that you know becomes the way you approach everything. You know, so I had a lot of mm-hmm. thinking that I had to change the way I think a lot, which started with me recognizing it, like a lot what, of rewiring. Yeah, yeah. How old were you when your father passed away? Five. Super young, old enough to understand, but too young to, old enough to know, but too young to understand. Yeah, you know. So. And then over time, you that understanding changes like year by year, probably right. So once you're, yeah. it means something different to a ten year old than yeah. to a fifteen year old, and exactly. all the things that contribute to your feelings and yeah. what you're going through in life, it yeah. would affect in different ways. I'm guessing. Especially with like, I grew up in like an ideal family. I mean, my my mom was a stay at home mom who went to college. My dad was a deputy sheriff, so we lived a good life, you know. So. A lot changed in that short time, you know. And they were young. My dad was twenty eight, you know. Wow. Yeah, younger than me. I turned a year older than him this year, you know. Yeah. He no, he was twenty nine, and I just turned thirty this year. So yeah, man, it's. But you know, the thing I learned is that anything. I, I don't. I don't really like the saying that anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But a lot of the things that do affect you you can come out of in a positive mm-hmm. way. More so just, you can, there's a positive to be taken from every most, experience. Yeah.